Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everyone, how are you doing out there? It's time for your favorite podcast, the CFBDynasty.com College Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Matt Knowles. As always, alongside the one, the only, Doug Gravely. Yo, yo. And also, some other guy that you may know from somewhere, Brian McElfresh. Hello. <laughs> Brian, I appreciate the excitement today. Amazing. <laughs> Doug, Brian, how you doing today knowing we are only 10 days out from oh. our draft in the CFBDynasty.com home league and from week zero in college football? Man, that's crazy. I did just book our uh, conference room that we're drafting from uh, downtown Ocala, just like we did last year. So I'm planning to do uh, a smoke out with some brisket, probably in burn ends. And we'll, we'll turn it into some sort of a, a potluck, at least for the people who can actually cook in our league. So uh, I can, I can bring some bread. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, I, I'm the kind of person that I would much rather be drafting from my war room right here, because I've got 70, 80 inches of monitors and stuff here. The only time I would rather be drafting elsewhere is the room that BMAC is talking about. Everybody's sitting around a big conference table. There's what, an 80-inch big screen up top, so the guys that can't make it there up on the big screen. And uh, that's a really cool environment. So if it's something like that, totally cool with that. If it's a restaurant, nah, bump that. Yeah, I agree with you. Uncle Joe is supposed to be at this one, correct? He has verified vehemently that he will be at the draft, oh. and he is he is so excited. That makes it even more <laughs> exciting that Uncle Joe will be at this draft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. All right, so you guys, we are close to the season. Surely you guys, if there's only 10 days left before week zero, you guys have your drafts coming up. You need to make sure that you're liking us, subscribing us on YouTube, TikTok, Discord at CFB Dynasty or at CFB Dynasty underscore in some of those places. Highlight packages are going to be shared. Uh, there's going to be videos. There's going to be news clips. But most importantly, you want to make sure you get up to CFBDynasty.com and you subscribe there and you become a, a paid member. That way you can get all of the news updates and the rankings that you are going to need so that you can get a leg up in your fantasy football draft and every single week during the season. Super important, man. It, it definitely helps and, and an easy way to support the show, even if it's not with money. It's just subscribe on YouTube. Takes a second. Doesn't affect your life otherwise <laughs> and uh, helps us out a lot. So I appreciate it. All right. So uh, last weekend, I was in New Orleans, Louisiana. Coming up tomorrow, probably by the time this thing posts, I'll be on the way to Shreveport for some comic conventions that I'm a part of. Uh, with you get some beignets? What's that? Did you get some beignets? Man, I got some really spicy food every single place that I went <laughs> and a lot of humidity. I can tell you that everything was wet. It was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, the food was unbelievable, man. Um, so on the way to New Orleans, I drove last weekend eight miles before I got to the Louisiana border, Mississippi, Louisiana. There was a brush fire slash forest fire inexplicably the forestry service had people driving through this now being in florida being around hurricanes uh there's times when you near, are near the swamp in uh the literal swamp in gainesville where they've had to block off the outside lanes of roads because there's so much water there 
hey, no big deal. It's water. If you if it's wet and it's on the outside and it's not wet on the inside, you can drive there good. These knuckleheads had literally there was flames up to the side of the road on the shoulder and there were trees exploding into flames on the inside. <laughs> Never been more scared in my life because I'm watching trees and feeling the heat from them on the inside of my car. It was it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So wow. come to find out 30 minutes after I drove through there, they shut down I-10 for the rest of the day. It was nine, 10 hours. Um, drove back through there three days later. There was still stuff smoldering, still stuff that had little fires and all that. Um, but uh, you might be saying to yourself, Matt, what the heck does that story have to do in any way with a college fantasy football podcast? <laughs> Man, I had to navigate that road and navigate those hazards just like we got to do when it comes to the draft, when it comes to who you want to draft, when it comes to sleepers, when it comes to injuries. So that's what we're going to help you do right here on this show. We're going to talk about sleepers. We're going to talk about news. We're going to help you navigate that Mississippi, Louisiana on fire border on I-10 right here on this show. Yeah. You know, I, I made a trip to your apartment back in the day. It's one of the most annoying things um, being in Florida when it's prime hurricane season as college football is kicking off and you've got games here affected by hurricanes and you know they're either you know pushed back canceled whatever so annoying as you wait this whole off season and you get excited and then week one's about to come and then boom you got a hurricane coming (laughs) well that happened to our fantasy football draft one time that did not stop me i remember so like if you haven't driven like in hurricane weather you know you obviously watch out for flooded roads down trees and down power lines and all that stuff so i'm going out in and out of some down trees and stuff all restaurants are closed you can't shop or anything like that so you're not supposed to be on the road whatsoever heading over to matt's because we got a fantasy draft and we didn't want the hurricane to interrupt the draft um and all of a sudden i didn't see it till it was too late I'm about to go over a power line. And at that point, you don't know if it's live or what. And I just remember like hair standing up on my body as I took my feet off the floor and hands off the steering wheel. And then nothing happened and I safely made it to the draft. And uh, good times, scary driving. (laughs) The the best part about that was that I was tied into a hospital's power grid, which is right next to my neighborhood. So I was the only person in the league that still had power. <laughs> yep, and that's right. literally every single person that came to the door was like, where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? You never know how much you appreciate having a light in the bathroom until you don't have a light in the bathroom. It was just so hilarious how much you come to take for granted the little things like that. Because <laughs> I think I brought some stuff and took a shower. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, it was, it was hilarious, man. It was hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, let's get on back to our to our news and notes for today. Then we're going to get into some sleepers, some questions from you out there. Um, this is exciting times because we have a lot of shows we do covering, you know, annual articles in the off season, and now it's just rapid fire because there's so much stuff happening that, um, you know, we can barely get into that other stuff because we have all the 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 timely stuff that's happening. So news and notes right off the bat. Multiple players are now being charged in the Iowa State gambling issue. If you guys have followed that, it is an absolute mess. Uh, One of which is Jareel Brock, who many expected to have a successful season. 
And there's a chance, and there's rumors, which does not surprise me, that all these players make it banned indefinitely. Uh, Hunter Deckers, their quarterback included. Um, guys, what do you think about this to me? Uh, this seems like a no-brainer with all the other things that are going on in uh, in sports when it comes to transfers and people not getting their, their, their transfers granted, gambling. This is a pretty egregious – this is not some ticky-tack thing. This is an egregious thing to me. And so for them to get suspended, it definitely seems pretty logical right now. What do you guys think? Well, it's a big thing. I mean, there's there's rules, whether it's the NFL game or the college game, that you can't do anything to basically sway a game one way or the other. Um, and it makes you wonder, you know, with these players betting on these games, did they intentionally lose? Did, you know, like – you don't want that, not just on a fantasy outlook, but sports in general. You don't, you don't want that. You you watch these sports because you're excited to see what's going to happen, but in the back of your mind, wondering, hey, did this quarterback looks horrible today? Did he just bet against his team? Like you're you're looking at, you know, the longest yard stuff kind of going on here. You yeah, know? betting it's, the under and then playing the game that kind of sucks. One of the biggest things from a fantasy perspective is like stock up for Cartavius Norton, who's like the clear number one uh, running back, obviously there with Jerry O'Brock, uh, unlikely to play. But then you wonder how bad, how how is that whole team going to be? Um, so in the same notion, when you're thinking stock up, well, is Iowa State just going to be worse or, or will they, will they be fine? So um I'm I think that all. I think that Norton, all. De- yeah. But... I think that all depends on how many people and what positions are the ones that are going to get yeah. that are going to get suspended. Because if you, you know, nobody has got depth that is at the exact same level, unless right. you're the Alabamas or the Ohio States in a, in a certain year. So if you're taking like their their A list, their top guys out, I think the whole yeah. team is going to probably get a stock down at that point. Yeah, I think right. Brock and Deckers are the main ones, and then I think one of their main D tackles was a, also another guy, but. Um, you know, in like BMX said on the fantasy out, outlook, like keep an eye on their two young quarterbacks as well that they're going to be battling this out because one of them is going to step up and um, I believe it's going to be Cole at the end of the day. But um, one of these young quarterbacks is going to step up and hopefully take advantage of this and they're not going to miss Deckers at all, hopefully. He was a pretty big recruit, and I think, uh, at least for Iowa State, he was, wasn't like a five-star guy or anything, but he was still a really good recruit. So it'll be interesting to watch Cole, and I think they've got a good culture there. I think uh, Iowa State's going to be just fine. So I'm still drafting Norton, but, yeah, uh, definitely a big story. Yep. All right, so interesting interesting coming out of UNC. So running back George Petaway is getting practice at slot receiver. My personal opinion I love the sound of that because they've got so many running backs, so many running backs. And it gives, if, if he was to get more playing time there, it's going to clear up that running back room. And, um, you know, then you're going to know, Hey, my guy might actually get some carries this week. Cause I got, I picked up a, a UNC running back last week, last year. Yeah. That was really painful for me to do. Um, because being an NC state fan, you know, but I I had to go against my bloodline and and do that. Mm -hmm. But, um, there's just too many backs uh, carries are too spread out. If he gets out there and slot receiver, that might help to clear that up. You're seeing that a lot um, from teams across the NCAA in general is, you know, these teams that are so 
heavy at running back. They want to get these kids touches. And, you know, look at Relique Brown, for example, who is getting work at the slot receiver position. Uh, the one from Notre Dame, his name eludes me. Um, he's getting work at the slot position. And and it's transferring into into the pros as well. Like, you know, being a Jags fan, when um, <clears throat> Etienne started using him at the slot to work on his hands, like they're trying to get – playmakers the ball and it's exciting for fantasy in general because like you said just more and more players are going to get touches and there's going to be more draftable players out there honestly it's always good always good all right so uh utah tight end brad Queethy is uh expected to be ready for the season opener still limited right now there's a lot going on in that uh that utah camp that could be uh that team could be ready to go week one they could be a mess week one. I know that uh, you Florida fans out there are hoping for the, the the negative side of that, that their top offensive stars and weapons stay limited. But uh, we, have, we'll, we shall see on that one. Yeah, I'll skip down to number 16 where they had their backup quarterback uh, for Utah, suffered a serious injury, like he was carted off or, or whatever, went to the hospital, and then he came home and he's recovering. Um, obviously going to make a full recovery. Uh, Coach Whittingham said he's not going to comment on that injury. So really just probably not trying to give Florida anything to go with week one and and whatnot. But I I think uh, at this point, I think Rising will probably play instead of going with the third stringer there. But, um, man, that one – that one's interesting for sure. Something to follow. And I probably is from a fantasy point of view, even though Florida's offense was pretty bad last year. Um, I'd only start the running back. That'd be it. So Bryson Barnes, that's the third string that could potentially start if Cam rising can't go. Um, I'll tell you right now, after seeing my squad last year, start four different quarterbacks. Um, you do not want to be going into a season opener with your third string quarterback. I guarantee they're just not going to have enough reps. There's not going to be enough familiarity there. So if Utah's down to their third string quarterback to start, I think that the stock goes way, way, way up for anybody on Florida because especially the Florida defense, because I can't see Utah doing much at all on offense if they are down key guys and even the second string at multiple positions. Yeah. Buddy of mine, uh, Jeff, was going to bet like 2K or whatever, I forget, on on Utah uh, until I told him all that information. He's like, uh, maybe not. So it's uh, he's a he's a Florida fan, but he's he's a money fan, too. So um, but in that scenario, I probably wouldn't bet that game either. That's that's a tough one um, to kind of uh, expect. I, it's going to be unknown, like as we go into the game. You know, we'll probably find out uh, pregame warmups like what's happening. So thinking of Utah in the in that position, and this is just, you know, Doug here thinking out of the box. You've got Jaquendon, uh, who was a quarterback, who transitioned to running back. I could see a lot of potential, like wildcat type stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely expect that, which makes him a great, great start uh, that week. So 
I, I would totally expect that. All right. So, so Doug, I will save you the, uh, the hassle. I'll actually do number six here. Thanks. BYU, BYU running back soul J Maya via Peters will not be rejoining the team and is off the roster. I, I know you wanted to say that guy's name. I did not. I got you. I got you. I've got one later that I'm going to say that, you know, I struggle with every time. So thank you for taking that one. No problem. I'll let you take this next one though. <laughs> All right. So Washington state receiver, Lincoln Victor is away from the team for personal reasons with no timeline for return. Um, I haven't looked at our depth chart. I don't know where we have him on our depth chart for Washington State, but to me, any Washington State receiver, <laughs> if they're top three, top four in the depth chart, is going to get targets. So um, and they're already replacing so many. Yep. So be on the on the lookout for what Washington State does there because, like I said, I don't know exactly where we have him in our depth chart, but. That's big news because Washington State loves to chuck the ball. Yep. So, All right, so uh, Liberty running back Day-Day Hunter says he'll not play this fall. Any plans to transfer after the fall semester? So if you're somebody that has Day-Day on your roster, that's something that should frustrate you right there. Uh, Arizona State QB Drew Pine suffered minor hamstring tear, and there's no timeline for his return. But uh, a quarterback hamstring injury – I mean, you ever want to hear tear, but that's probably one of the positions that if you're going to have a hamstring injury, that's you don't want it to be a running back. You don't want it to be a wide receiver. Um, you never want to see a hamstring injury ever, but unless it's better than having to be a wide receiver. Yeah, unless you're someone hoping to see Jaden Rashada early um, and uh, we'll probably get that opportunity. We'll see how that affects Elijah Badger and other, you know, top potential college fantasy uh, players there from Arizona State. All right, you want the next one there, Doug? So you got Houston running back Rashawn Sanford out for the season. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, BMAC, but I don't think we had him listed as the starter for Houston anyways. Um, I think you're correct. But yeah. that just opens up carries for for the one and two backs in general um, at Houston. Um it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but man, I feel like a lot of running backs are getting hurt this off season and it's getting crazy. So I'll go ahead and, uh, I'll go ahead and do the next one as well. This could be some big news because we have him, um, kind of high in our tight end rankings, I believe. So Mississippi tight end Caden Prescorn is in a no contact Jersey at practice. Um, yeah. and they don't know how long he's going to be in that no contact Jersey. So. It's just preventative, and that's – yeah, that is one of the things that Utah doesn't do that every team does for their quarterbacks is the non-contact jerseys. They they practice full on, but they're also one of the toughest teams in the country. So I, I like uh, – I don't – not concerned there. It doesn't affect draftability for pre-scoring there. I think he's going to be fine. All right, so – we got Arkansas wide receiver Samuel Bakke is going to miss the rest. Are going to miss the season with a knee injury. I don't think we've had him on uh, on any of the lists so far. Uh, Army quarterback Alex Meredith out for the season due to injury. Uh, that just he makes was sense. scheduled. He was scheduled to be the backup this year. So um, who knows what's going on there? Army quarterbacks, you never know <laughs> in general. But uh, he was scheduled to be the backup quarterback this year. So. So I think BMAC needs to do the next one, but he has to read it exactly as it's written on our sheet. Uh, 
BMAX boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Eric Gilbert. <laughs> still waiting to hear on his waiver for eligibility. And uh, Doug was telling me about, you know, multiple others that are getting denied. And at this point, you would kind of be surprised if Gilbert was cleared. Um, but dang, yeah, so that, that stinks. And then another tight end, Notre Dame tight end, Kevin Bauman, out for the season with an ACL. He was the projected tight end, too there and uh was a prime recruit um one of the things that really stinks from for the 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 debbie people out there trevante had a citizen running back from miami still doubtful no timeline for his return dealing with the injury that he suffered last fall camp he was Mm -hmm. supposed to be like a a top maybe 15 running back debbie asset and uh Still hurt. Uh, Wyoming running back Dwayne McNeely out for the season with a torn ACL. And uh, Harrison Whaley is also out. We we talked about this last week for probably the first couple games. Um, still love Whaley for the rest of the year after that. But, yeah, we adjusted the depth chart and adjusted rankings to reflect, um, you know, the necessary changes after the McNeely injury. And then lastly – Zachary Branch, um, he's really been showing out every practice consistently. It's going to be so hard to project who's going to get um, any sort of uh, respectable share of the the targets out there at receiver. Um, you know, he's someone who's elite where wouldn't be surprised if they're f- featuring him, getting him any sort of touches out of the backfield, whatever, but their backfield's kind of loaded too. So weapons everywhere for USC. But despite that, we keep hearing branch, branch, branch. So that, that makes me think it's not like he's at Florida where there's, you know, no great weapons. He's there showing out amongst uh, a great uh, array of talent there at wide receiver. All right. So that's a lot of news and notes for this podcast right now. But we want to make sure you guys, as we said earlier, are following our socials, be on Discord, um, on our Twitter, because we try to make sure that those news and notes, things as they come up, hit the Discord, yep. hit the Twitter, and uh, or excuse me, hit the X. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you're somebody, part of the reason why it's, it's important for you to follow us and be a part of us on Discord is because you are probably going to be more in tune with your favorite team, favorite conference uh, than we were because when we can, because you got 133 teams, you may have an ear to the ground um, for stuff that we may not hear. We want to have a community out there. If you get us news on, on the discord channel, we'll make sure to give you a shout out on the podcast. uh, Thanking you for, uh, for passing that information along to us. So make sure you get into CFP dynasty on discord so that you can be a part of that podcast and hopefully, or be a part of that community. And hopefully we can get you a shout out on the pod. So real quick on that, um, I do want to give a shout out to our people on Discord that follow us on YouTube, that follow us on Twitter. Guys, it's been um, getting really active for us, and we really, really appreciate it. We appreciate all the back and forth, um, the questions, the, the the mock draft stuff you guys are sharing. Like, you guys are helping making it active, and it's kind of helping these – you know, 10, 15 days before football season go by a little quicker for us. So we That's really, right. really appreciate all the, all the back and forth you guys are That's right. having on our, on our channels right now. 
All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move forward a little bit to something that is super exciting for us here at CFB Dynasty. Something we talked about last year, we were not able to implement it last year, but we finally are able to make it happen. I'm gonna pass this over to BMAC and let him introduce the CFB Dynasty Open. Yeah, sure. So we posted this just on. Uh... Twitter and the socials, but we started in Discord. We want to be loyal to the Discord members. So we gave everybody like a four or five hour head start there and we filled up pretty quickly. We've got two spots left for this CFB Dynasty open league. And it's and a 24, 2014 league. So we're talking 22 leagues. of 24. Yeah. So um, two spots are left. The, the link is pinned in the the discord channel that we have there for, for joining a new league. So um, people are posting new leagues there um, all the time. I saw another one pop in this morning. That looks interesting that I might hop into um, <laughs> just, I'm loving the drafts. I just, just made a pick a couple minutes ago, actually. Me um, too. <laughs> but uh, anyways, super fun time of year and the open, we want it to be fun. Like, uh, as part of the community, because we had a couple people reach out and they're like, hey, why don't you do a league with us? So I was like, you know what? That's all I needed because we talked about it last year and let's just do it and do it now. So came up with uh, Golf Vibe. Obviously, you know, I like golf. And um, so we're going to have the CFP Dynasty open this year. And probably about six or so, the top six we have planned to be invited to the 2024 CFB Dynasty Masters League. There's going to be plenty that'll come out about that as we kind of, that's that's in the works, how we're going to set it up, how we're going to make it special and um, really feature it on the show. We're going to feature it every week this year in the Open and uh, next year it'll be even bigger. And you can only get an invite if you place in the top six in the CFB Dynasty Open, but there's the probability that we'll have at least four open leagues next year with different player pools, you know, 24 or an, uh, to be determined amount of people. And then X percentage, maybe there's the top four, maybe the top five or so we'll get into the masters the following year. And we're going to blow it up, make it a big deal on the show, maybe make it a big deal on the site, but uh, super excited to kind of cut it up with you guys. But I did want to talk through Matt, the commish here rules and anything we want to do maybe differently with this league. Everything is the base set up right now. Our draft so, starts while we're recording. Yeah. Next, next week. week we're going to starting while we're recording. That's going to yep. be super cool. So you guys watching this show next week are going to get to see the first pick made ever in the CFB open league is going to happen right here online. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, so maybe we can do the same setup as last week even though it's an hour per pick and it might you know take a while for some people but um we'll yeah, figure so out the draft order when we're gonna do that i wanted to talk about waivers and and the potential of just using the the hundred dollar uh uh free agent budget for that um and so so my thought my thought here is this when it comes to the first year of the open my thought is that we'll kind of get into some of this later on in one of the questions that we have from the, uh, the discord, I think to take some of the large gorilla feel of 
the intimidation of college fantasy football. People are like, oh my gosh, I have to know about 133 teams. That's a lot. Um, there, there's a lot to have to pay attention to. I think that we should make the rules as simple as possible, as close to what people are used to in, in pro leagues for the first year, just so people can get in and they can experience it. As you move up, we go to the Masters next year. Maybe we start restricting down the, uh, the leagues. I do think that we should probably have a little bit of a cap on waivers just so that way you're not out there picking up a brand new team every week. Then again, when you're talking 24 teams, that is going to deplete the, uh, is going to deplete the, the player pool some, but yeah, um, I think the hundred dollar budget kind of makes it fun and interesting where people will use it differently. And, uh, I think that's, that's pretty solid. And then if you run out of budget, you can still make pickups, but you're just going to be last in line. And if anyone else wants it and puts $2 on it and you don't have $2, then Hey, they'll get it and you won't. And real quick too, for, um, BMAC, do you want to tell, if anybody's thinking about it, the two that are the two spots we have, what kind of league is this? Is it going to be a redraft? Keeper? Yeah. Yeah. Full dynasty redraft. That way you're not worried about, I mean, we talk about it on this show all the time. We're in a very intense, complicated league when it comes to the CFB dynasty home league, college to pro both sides are dynasties. Back in the day, guys were literally going to the high school all-star game to scout guys for their pro team. True story. And there were literally guys that were getting scouted like Julio Jones. I'll never forget you guys scouting Julio Jones at the high school all-star game to get, take them all the way up to your pro team. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, I know there's people at the C at the, uh, the search office that have never played college before and they're just getting in and they, they need to be able to have the ability to feel like they can come in and compete with us with a limited knowledge. So I think that, uh, regular yep. waivers i think that you know redrafts and not have to worry about they don't need to be worried about the the fourth string quarterback that's a freshman who might do something right. in four years right. right base scoring system all that stuff so yeah just yeah. a redraft it'll be simple and fun and we'll blow it up and talk about it every week what do you think about the names you know gordy uh famous in our home league for uh being the dictator when it comes to you know the guardrails and how we can name our teams, you know, being just... man, I've already got a team name, man. I've oh, already just... got it. I, I saw that. We I saw, saw that. that. And we I, were like, yeah. what in the world? I didn't know if we wanted to do like team name dash discord name so that we could like actually talk about people and know who we are when we're in fan tracks. I think, I think maybe putting the, the discord name or putting a name at the end of it. That's, I don't have a problem with that. I think just giving people free reign to have a good name that is not, Let's put it this way. Names need to be Discord friendly. Names need to be right. public friendly. No um, no cursing, right. no no crassness, things like that. As long as it's a name that we can have fun with that we can talk about here, I do think putting a, putting a, a name at the end of it is probably good as well. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, guys, so if you're listening, go, you know, throw in your Discord name on with your team name so that, you know, we know who you are. It I helps make it same. a little bit easier. So this is a, this is a pay league. Um, as of the recording of this, 22 or 24 spots are in. There's two spots left. So if you listen to this podcast and you are like, dude, that sounds like something I want to do, you need to get your butt up there immediately because by the time this thing uh, posts, those spots might be taken. 
Yep. So do not delay. Go get go get in those spots if you want to be a part of this with us. There's people from our home leagues. There's people from our offices, and there's also some people from the Discord that are already in there. So it's a good mixture of of new people and fresh people uh, that are on there. Um, BMAC, who's in there from our home league? I know uh, Mike Davis said that uh, that he's in there, right? Did he get in? I don't remember uh, if he got in or not. We got Joe. I, Uncle right. Joe is in. So the famous, Uncle the famous Joe. Uncle Joe, the you famous Uncle Joe. Him. Speed Reed. <laughs> oh, Josh Speed Reed, the fastest player in the history of flag football. <laughs> um, and us three. I think that's it, right? I, it. I don't think Speed, I don't know Speed if Reed. Got in. Speed Reed, just so you guys know, runs a 4.3 10 yard dash. Ooh, that's quick. <laughs> it is, man. It is. I think if I ran 10 yards right now, I'd be like some of these players. I've probably got at this point at my. You know, thirty-six-year-old body. I've probably got Kadarius Tony hamstrings. Yeah, you'd so. be on the groin report <laughs> there. <laughs> now, one of the people in this league, and you guys might get a chance to meet her next week, um, is Carissa. Um, she does have a video out that says, you know, that's a kind of a challenge to not let her beat you in her first We're ever bring her college on. fantasy league. So you guys are going to have a chance to meet her next week. We'll bring her on for some segments when we talk So basically about she's going to get on and talk trash? I can't I can't wait. Carissa's <laughs> talk trash segment. That sounds like a good thing. Uh, all right, so that's pretty much all we got on the uh, on the home league right now for this show. I mean, on the, on the open league. Super excited to finally be able to go out there and compete against some of the guys that are out there, some of the ladies that are out there um, Also consider online. this real quick. I want to come up with something epic and totally unique for the trophy of the Masters League. We've got a year to come up with it, but I want it to be epic and unique. And then the same for the Open Champions. Like, I want to come up with something unique and fun. Think about that. If you have an idea, throw it to me in the Discord. Um, but then the losers, the ones that come in you know, near the end there, they get to become, have to become models of the loser shirts on the website. So that's going to be fun. I think that sounds great. I think that sounds great. <laughs> All right. So we'll have, obviously, every single week, we'll have more and more to talk about, about the Open League. Um, but for now, if you want to get in, you better jump up there and get one of those last two spots. There's only two spots of those, as of this recording, and uh, there ain't going to be any more. It ain't going to become a 32 team or anything like that. Um, it's going to be super fun. We'll see what we'll see. Uh, see where it goes. All right, so if you look at the bottom crawl or the, the bottom uh, section of this podcast, the main focus was supposed to be 2023 sleepers. This is going to be a short segment today. Um, but everybody's always looking for sleepers. Everybody can understand who's at the top of the rankings list. You know that you're, you know who the top guys are. It's, it's obviously the top running backs are going to be, obviously the top quarterbacks are going to be top wide receivers. But that doesn't always mean those are going to be the guys they're going to be getting the most stats for you in a fantasy perspective at the end of the year. Sleepers by rule are guys that could potentially, if they meet their potential, jump up the list. We're trying to uncover those guys for you right now. So BMAC, Doug, they both have put some, uh, some sleepers down. Let's go to quarterbacks first. And um, Doug, why don't you give us one of your guys, give us a quick pitch for the guy, BMAC, you give us a guy, we'll just kind of go back and forth. Let's make these pitches super quick on these guys. Right. Just keep in mind, guys, that there is an article that was posted to Sporting News about my sleepers already. So um, 
be in the, you know, go look for that. And it'll go into a lot more detail on why I think these are sleepers. But um, went over him briefly, I think, last week. Uh, you guys know that I, I beat him up a little bit throughout the podcast in recent memory. But uh, my number one quarterback sleeper is going to be Donovan Smith out of Houston. Um, just a team that loves to throw the ball. So, so why, why, so is why do you have him at number one? What makes him be the guy that you say is the the top sleeper for you? Um, so it's it's a team that religiously throws in the last five years for three hundred yards a game. Um, I can't go against you know those type of numbers. So. Yep. It, it, it's just that's how it is. I just can't go against a team that, you know, throws the ball 300 yards a game a year. Dana Holgerson, period. Yep. All right. Who's your, me, who's, your, who's your top sleeper, B Mac? Uh, well, I've got Doug's boy here, and he's really helped kind of win me over. I've seen some stuff on scouts come out about uh, JJ McCarthy from Michigan um, and him having all the tools, the physical tools to be an elite NFL prospect. And you pair that potential with um, weapons that they have, the O-line they have, the stable of running backs that they have. You know, he may not live up to that hype in college because they have such a good running game. But also he might. And that's that's what the sleeper section is, where it's um, players that have a propensity to outperform their draft or their, their ranking or their ADP or whatever. JJ McCarthy's definitely one of those guys who's got uh, a max level ceiling in fantasy production because he's so good with his legs, but also improving as a passer accuracy, et cetera. And um, <clears throat> with some good weapons. And uh, when it comes to the red zone, man, with a dual threat quarterback, sometimes it's just, how does that edge player play the read option? And, and it basically will either give the touchdown to the running back or to the quarterback. And uh, McCarthy is going to get all those, all those opportunities. All right, Doug. So let's hear the rest of your list for sleepers at quarterback. Um, tell right. us who they are. And if there's any specific little points you want to give that we haven't already given on, uh, on these shows up to this, up to this point. So I got Taylor green out of Boise state. Um, Calicamanis is the one that I did not want to say, but I think I said it right. I think you said it right. Out of Minnesota. Then we got EJ Warner, who, yes, is the son of the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner out of Temple. And then I threw in one this morning who isn't on my list um, that was posted, but I'm going to go with Graham Mertz out of Florida. I think he's got all the weapons to be successful. I don't think they're going to be asking him to do too much. But I think in some of the film that I've seen from him, man, he loves putting touch on the ball in like the corner of the end zone and stuff. And I think he's going to have plenty of opportunity to do that with Florida. So we'll see. I hope you're right. But uh, I wouldn't put him on my list of players to draft. <laughs> um, hey, we said that's, sleepers. That's so the beauty of this. You draft. can it you can draft him yeah. as as your third string quarterback. If you can get Graham, be your yep. number one guy. If you could get Graham Mertz as that week one stat guy from was it last year when he just went completely berserk in week one for Wisconsin. That's what you want. Right. Grammar. It's after week one. That's definitely who you don't want. <laughs> that's right. Be back. Um, Listen out the rest of your, uh, rest of your 
quarterbacks. Uh, Malik Hornsby, Texas Tech, huge potential there. Will Howard, Kansas State. Um, and uh, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. I think they're going to turn it around, man. He's He's gone from a teens-rated fantasy quarterback last year, dropping all the way back into the 30s. But he was so good as a freshman. And uh, we'll see how it turns out this year with the new OC, different weapons, et cetera, better O-line. Um, Dante Moore at UCLA. I think um, if he wins the starting job, when he wins that starting job, he'll be one of the, in terms of talent-wise, best quarterbacks in the country as soon as he wins the job and he's on the field. I like him a lot. Mikey Keene at Fresno State, transfer from UCF. Um, he's got – I think he's likely to win that starting job. It's not locked up by any means. And then we've I've got Jeff Sims at Nebraska. Immense potential, great size, big arm, dual threat. Uh, and with, with Matt Rule taking over there, um, I think he's got great potential. Rule seems to – Love what he has in him right now, too. I've seen quite a few articles about it. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on to running backs, and I'm going to call both of you guys out for running backs. You're going to put upper power five running backs as a top sleeper? Come on now. Who's your top sleepers <laughs> at running backs? Mac and Doug. So, so not necessarily in order. These aren't ranked necessarily, but – yeah, Jace McClellan. Good recovery. Good recovery. As, uh, <laughs> Jace McClellan, as I'm going down the list, you know, you, you might see him. Oh, he's 12, 13, 14 in your rankings. Why is he a sleeper? It's because he's got, uh, you know, running back one potential. If Alabama does make that shift, you saw Quinshawn Judkins come out of nowhere. Um, Alabama might make a similar type of shift from heavy passing to heavy running. So we'll see. That O-line for Alabama is the best that they've had in a while, and they always have great O-lines. Like They're going eight deep players who would start almost anywhere. Um, Ray Davis at Kentucky, transfer from Vanderbilt. LaQuint Allen at Syracuse, now that he's got his legal stuff kind of figured out um, as he gets back in the flow of things at practice. Um, he's someone who might have dipped in some people's eyes, so you might be able to get him for uh, – less than you got him for, you know, a month or two ago. So that, that part is nice in terms of value. Jalen White at Georgia Southern. I look for him to get a ton of uh, out-of-the-backfield passes in a, in a pass-heavy offense there, but he'll also be the main guy out of the backfield, of course. And here's a sickness for me, to be honest. Josh McCray at Illinois. Um, I looked back at the stats to see in Brett Bielema's history, is there precedence for what he's saying where there's it's going to be a just total you know shared running back by committee blah 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 and there is his arkansas years you know he ran both running backs about the same and you don't want to see that from love and mccray this year but if one of them goes down with an injury um the other one will be that guy. So I'm still like, if I can get good value late in a draft, taking a Reggie Love or a Josh McCray. Um, Shady Clayton Johnson, Tulane, um, you know, replacing a, a premier, premier player in Tajay Spears. So we'll see how he does. But he's young. He could be on your team for a while if you're in a dynasty league. 
And, you know, that offense is still going to be really good. Um, and then TJ Harden at, at UCLA, probably not the starter, but will get plenty of touches and a, a future uh, great dynasty player. All right, what about you, Doug? So I've got Relique Brown at USC. Um, like I mentioned before, getting uh, some training at slot receiver as well. Um, high, highly recruited coming out of high school and I think at some point they just have to get him involved. I know they've got Jones um, and then the transfer. Gosh, he slips my mind and he's on my team um, at USC. But they've got – oh, Lloyd. I'm sorry about that. But they got Jones and Lloyd. And But, again, you have to get really brown the ball. Um, I've got Jaquin and Jackson at Utah. Kind of came out of nowhere when all the craziness happened with the running back situation last year. Um, and I just expect him to probably – I think he had like 500 and something yards last year on very limited uh, touches. I expect him to more than double that this season. Logan Diggs out of LSU. And then Ollie Gordon out of Oklahoma State to round mine off. Boom. All right, so let's move over to wide receivers. So, uh, Doug, you're going to start wide receivers. Uh, who are you most excited about at wide receivers, guys that could uh, have the potential to jump up and become relevant? So, Squirrel White first um, at Tennessee. Uh, if you guys, if you guys so have been, much. if you guys have been listening to this podcast and you didn't know Squirrel White was going to be on this list, you've not been paying attention to Doug. Right. If Squirrel White does not have a huge season, Doug might just get fired. I might get fired. Yep. And and I might I, I might finish third this year then in that case too. I don't know. But um I I like Lawrence Arnold out of Kansas, uh TJ Sheffield out of Purdue, and then probably my favorite on this list is uh Jaron Jaron Bradley out of Texas Tech. Is probably my favorite on the list. Yeah, Jaron Bradley is a, is a hard one for me to put on a sleeper list just because he's probably going to be the number 1 at Texas Tech this year, and he's going to get some huge stats. So when I say put him on a sleeper list, I think he's probably going to be on the regular list pretty quickly. Right. What about you, BMAC? Um, let's see here. So let me start with Evan Stewart, someone who's just, in terms of Devi, I think we've got him at number two. And, man, he is just so good. The The only hesitation is how good is that offense uh, gonna be will they implode will they be great whatever um, and then we've got uh, Alex Adams from Akron uh, he was already good last year uh, he's got some potential though to improve on those numbers and when anyone sees Akron you just you just you think he's uh, more often than not his ADP is going to be lower than it should be just because of the school he plays for so I like him there Javon Baker um, we're going to see where the touchdowns go in UCF in terms of a, a receiver scenario. Um, but I, I like Baker there as uh, someone I've drafted in a couple leagues. And then at Georgia. So uh, touchdowns are going to be redispersed. We talked about this a few times from Stetson Bennett to where he's getting a lot of those touchdowns rushing. I think he had 10 or 10 plus last year rushing and a lot of yards and all that stuff. Well, they've got a pocket passer this year. So more opportunities for running backs and wide receivers to get touchdowns at Georgia, making them more fantasy relevant. 
Arian Smith's been hurt um, throughout his career a little bit, but he's super explosive, really fast, takes the top off the defense, all the things you could say about uh, about Arian Smith there. But um, who will be the guy? It's probably going to be Brock Bowers. But at receiver, Arian Smith has potential there. Um, man, Ricky Pearsall at Florida, like he's he's clearly wide receiver one. He's going to get a ton of of looks in the passing game. Um, and then they're going to be relying on freshmen to help uh, pick up the slack there. At Arkansas, you know, we talked about in the news and notes, one of the guys is hurt. Um, that was going to get some targets there. But Isaiah Sategna, he's one that if you read like Doug's articles that he did early on in the spring, or maybe it was like right after spring practice of like, talking with the Arkansas writer, who's going to blow up. Sategna was one of the guys that he mentioned as like the future and the future is also now. So Sategna is going to be a starter. He's young. He's going to be featured in that offense. Um, a great sleeper. If you can get him late in drafts. Um, and then Nate McCollum at UNC, we talked about him um, kind of probably taking over wide receiver one there at UNC um with the news last week and then ad mitchell at texas i think a lot of people don't know he's adonai mitchell in fan tracks because i've been able to get him so late in drafts but um he's one that i think will outperform his adps a premier red zone target um is there enough are there enough balls to go around etc but all right, so we're going to go to uh, we're going to go to tight ends now for BMAC, and I think BMAC may have gotten the lists mixed up between sleepers and best names in college football this season <laughs> with his tight ends list. Man, I would want to draft one of your guys just because that name is so good. Now, granted, he's up high in the rankings because so he's going to be he's going to be worthy to be on your team, but that name is just one that's going to be fun to have on your team. Both of these guys are basically where we have them ranked. They're like a tight end two but they have potential to be tight end one. Uh, Varkey's gums was really good last year, but now he's transferred to Arkansas, changed his mind, came back to Arkansas, and um, could be featured in that offense. Um, you know, a couple back-to-back -back Arkansas sleepers there with Sutegna and gums, but they've got a veteran quarterback, veteran line, and I think um, some of these new names on the pass catchers will be uh, – potentially great fantasy targets. And then Elijah Arroyo, we've talked about him a lot, potentially the best athlete on the whole team at tight end there. So excited to see where we go with, uh, with Arroyo this year. All right. What about you, Doug, who you got on the tight end side of things? So my first one is a guy that's played. Um, he's had good seasons, not like, blow the numbers off the chart type guy, but I think this could be a good year for him, especially with, um, <laughs> you know, the receiver situation and waivers not being allowed and all that stuff. But I'm going with uh, Bryson Nesbitt out of North Carolina. I think he could be a great uh, touchdown target for sure. Um, and, you know, I think he also is, you know, better than, average at creating separation in that tight end position on routes. Um, and then I'm going to go with one that is opposite from my sleeper list. Um, but I've always been 
you know, high on this guy, and BMAC will tell you, but I'm going to go Thomas Fedone out of Nebraska. Love it. Especially with Arik maybe not playing, or Eric not playing. Um, I've just always liked him. He's had some injury-prone seasons, which is unfortunate, but he seems to be 100% and seems to be putting in a good offseason, you know, so we'll see what happens there. But he's he's definitely um, on my board, guys. You can quote me on that, so. All right, so kickers. Kickers is kind of, you know, kind of hard to have a sleeper and a kicker. But uh, I got what, one. Yo, I'm saying what I'm going to say. I know you guys do because you're prepared. Who you got? So uh, Robert Gunn from Clemson was uh, – so Dabo was recently quoted in a press conference talking about we might be able to kick from 70 this year. So, you know, he's, he's had his ups and downs with kickers in the past uh, publicly, but uh, some positivity coming out of Robert Gunn there. He might just outperform the ADP. We might need to bump him up in that Clemson. I actually was able to pick him up in another draft because of that same reason that he's getting a lot of good press. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm taking him in the I, first round. What about you, Doug? So I've got two on mine. Um, I'm going to go Alex McPherson out of Auburn. He kind of won that job late last year. Um, and Brian knows him all too well because he has his brother in the pros. Um, but I think he's kind of the same caliber as a kicker um, as his brother from what I'm hearing from people. And then my second one, one that is near and dear to my heart because he cost me the chip last year. Um, would be Andres Borgales. We all know how bad that Miami offense was last year, and I expect their offense to be better, and I think Borgales is just going to get more opportunities. All right, so that's the sleepers for for right now. It's going to be interesting to see how many of those guys ball out, how many of those guys have. You may not expect that they're going to have great games every single game, but if you can get some some flashes of greatness throughout the year, that's what you probably want, want to expect out of a sleeper this year. And then hopefully they can turn into something more as the season goes on or even into next year. Heck yeah. Before we do the Discord questions, can I just ask you? You cannot. To... Okay, what's your question? Should we <laughs> Should we have a sound? Well, B-Mac looked so serious there. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm glad that I'm at the office and he's at the house today because he's, he's throwing shade. <laughs> B-Mac, you have a question. What's your yeah, question? Yeah, should we have a sound drop for Squirrel White when we talk about it? I... <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <Okay>. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you've already answered your own question. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so that is the, uh, that's the sleepers for this show. Um, we do have some questions. That have been asked on the Discord. We appreciate you guys being active out there um, asking these questions. So, guy1799, hopefully that's not your birth year. Um, <laughs> his question is focus on dual threat quarterbacks, question mark. So, is he asking, should we focus on dual threat quarterbacks? What is your thought on focusing on dual threat quarterbacks? That, that could I mean, potentially be a whole. Uh, show honestly but um i think you can look at it in two ways i think in drafts and fantasy for purposes yes dual threat quarterbacks are huge quarterbacks that are going to get you running touchdowns um and passing touchdowns we see that over and over again um in years past you know like 
let's take one of my guys, Bo Nix, for example, <laughs> who is going to produce points because he can run um, and he can throw. Um, I think they're more potent than a just a traditional pocket passer. You know, you're going to have them pocket passers that, yeah, they'll, they'll go off once in a while for five touchdowns a game, throwing it through the air. But, you know, if you can, if you get three or four passing touchdowns and throw in two rushing touchdowns in the same game, you know, in and out guys like that are, are have to be a focus because they're going to consistently get you points because they can beat you so many ways. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say you, you shouldn't look at, Correct. uh, you know, pass, uh, prototype quarterback. So I think, um, you know, if you consider a, a Bailey Zappi or anyone, you know, currently at Western Kentucky, um, a, a Davis Brin at Georgia Southern, like, um, you've got elite, elite level production coming out of there. So, um, just looking at our, you know, we've put out some of this data. I was trying to pull up um, the 2022 stats to kind of go over. Um, and it is predominantly dual threat, but yes, you have your exceptions that you have to follow. And I think that you look at even so the top, uh, let's, let's go through really quickly. The top 15 college fantasy seasons of all time. We do this every off season as we go through the top, whatever, uh, 200 or 500. I can't remember per position, but you know, Lamar Jackson, obviously Derek King, Lamar Jackson. Those are three of the top four. Um, David Klingler. I have to rely on Matt, but I think that was a pass. Per, uh, Bear, that was, that was huge pass option, pass offense, yeah. huge yeah. pass offense. Johnny Manziel. Um, and then you've got Colt Brennan, Patrick Mahomes, a couple that were most, the majority of their points came through, uh, passing attack, which is a metric that we tracked there um, in one of the, the columns in that data. Got Chase Clement, um, where he was, you know, heavier passing. And then Jordan Lynch, right after that, more than 60% of his points came from, from running. And I think overall, instead of going through the rest of this list where you've got, you know, Tebow and Simons, but you've and Hertz and Kyler Murray, but you've also got Joe Burrow and Bailey Zappi again. So I think you just uh, you still have to kind of weigh it out. Yes, heavy dual threat. If if uh, if you're choosing between uh, the same tier, uh, you know, dual threat it is. But again, um, if you take a look just at like the Indianapolis Colts scenario. I think a general rule would be you want running backs and wide receivers from, um, you know, a pass first quarterback and then the opposite. Uh, if there's a dual threat quarterback, you want the dual threat quarterback, but you know, Anthony Richardson's going to be taking some red zone touchdowns from Jonathan Taylor, assuming he plays this year. So um, that's, that's a general rule of thumb for me. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say to me. The quarterback side of it is is the simple side. Get the guy who's going to get you the most points. Doesn't matter how he's getting them. If he's getting the points, go get the points. You want to make sure that you don't, as you said, BMAC, if you have a dual threat quarterback, he's going to be the one that's going to be getting the majority of the stats on that offense. Because if he's getting running yard, running touchdowns, rushing yards, that's going to be taken away from the other offensive production. So don't worry about the quarterback as much because if they're getting – 
top 10 points, you want that guy. Just make sure you're not like, oh, I'm going to go get a wide receiver at this dual threat quarterback's offense or running back at the dual threat quarterback's offense because they may not be the ones that are going to be the beneficiary of his stats, unlike the uh, the pocket passer type guy. Yep, and that's a huge key to winning money on on daily fantasy stuff too. And we'll get more into that as the season comes around, but um, and we'll have our our tools to unleash and uh, help us all um, make those right draft picks because it's not about nailing your top money guys in dfs it's more about nailing giving yourself the propensity to win by getting those cheaper guys and that's what we'll be talking about a lot as we go into the season all right next question is from 1j24 real quick hey i saw you sent me a private message i'll get back to you man i don't want you to think that i missed it i just been running like crazy his question is i want to know why it is that college fantasy seems to be lacking in popularity um I don't think that it lacks in popularity. I think that part of the reason why you don't see as much college fantasy football um, in the mainstream as much as the pro game, I think there's a few reasons. One, it's a lot more complicated. It's, it's the chess of fantasy football compared to the checkers of the pro game. Um, in the pros, you're talking about having to understand 32 teams as opposed to 133 teams. So there's a lot less there. Um, we went through an article before where you're talking about having to know 10 times the amount of players in college compared to the pros, just because of the number of teams and the depth of rosters. Um, and also because of the turnover um, in the pros, you could have a quarterback like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, and you could have that player and they're going to be around for 15, 16, 20 years. In college, the entire roster is going to turn over every four to five years. So you have to know what's going on a lot more. Um, I just think it's a lot more of the, the thinking man's game than it is. And that doesn't, that doesn't take away from the pro game. The pro game is easy to understand, easy to get into. Everybody knows it's pros. There's still that nonsense about college's amateur athletics, which I think we're clearly seeing is not the case now. And even everyone's finally admitting it with NIL deals and conference realignment. Um, to me, that's why I think that, that there's less popularity in the college game because it's just so much more complicated and it's so much more of a commitment to really be good at it. That's my take. For those of you on the, on YouTube, I went ahead and threw this up on the screen, but um I'll post this link in the discord too. So this time last year, I asked Josh Pate the question from uh, late kick and he took the question and uh, you can see the little screenshot of the question there up on, on his show. And we talked back and forth a little bit about this, but um, <clears throat> I've got the reasons kind of listed out. One of the quotes that I have on the site from him is a lot of the casual college football audience, which you need to make fantasy huge they don't know the rosters inside and out like they do in the NFL. And Matt made that point. And I, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand. And one of the, the big benefits of Fantrax is it's totally customizable. Like if you wanted to have an SEC league and then just add Notre Dame because one of your buddies is a big Notre Dame fan, you can do that. So um, those are some of the hurdles we've just kind of got to make up for as a community. But um the number one bullet there, NFL is more player-driven. College players only last three to four years. While the last part of that sentence isn't going to change, college football is about to become way more player-driven 
in the NIL era. It's still going to be mostly driven by the the brands, of course. You know, if you think about LSU football and their brand, um, not one player is going to add to that brand like the brand will add to the player. But um, I like I like our chances of DFS taking off before regular fantasy takes off. But uh, I think that'll be more of a thing as states become legal in gambling. And we're sitting here in Florida where it's still not legal to, to do that kind of stuff. Um, lack of injury reports is a big problem. Um, lack of competitive balance. Um, and I think the overall thing, though, is people, A, haven't tried it. B, aren't aware you can customize and set up a league however you want. Um, which uh, can be intimidating, but hopefully we'll just get more and more people into that as, as time goes on. But yeah, thanks for the question. That's a great one. Um, I know there's a ton of us out there creating content, trying to help make it. We're just trying to help people enjoy their Saturday better, but sometimes. Absolutely. I think, I also think one of the things with college that makes it a little more frustrating that goes along with the, the injury report issue is you're talking about as the season goes on, you've got games five days a week. Um, it's, it's, you got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, sometimes it makes it difficult to pay attention to, you know, who's on your roster, where the buys are. Um, but I agree with you, BMAC. It's, it's, it's getting better. We're finding more ways to be able to, to create a league that's easier to understand. Um, but it's always going to be tough. The injury report thing is a big one too, because you might have a guy in the pros, you have to have proper injury reporting. In college, that is not the case. Coaches use the injury report as part of gamesmanship, and that really makes things tough. Um, all right, so on to the next question. And this is actually a pretty funny one, to be honest. So you've got, you know, ah, 90909. <laughs> what scoring system have you found best for defense in college fantasy? I can tell you, admittedly, defensive scoring in college fantasy is very difficult. Um, just this year, we had to make some major corrections to our defensive scoring because historically on defenses, you want to be able to uh, give bonus points for a defense that performs well, and you want to have negative points for a defense that performs badly. In college sports, you go back and look at the last few, um, the, the bowl games, college football playoff, the championship, People are scoring the lights out. You're scoring the lights out against teams that are great defenses. And we have had so many times for us where you're like, which defense can I score? Can I start? That's going to make me not lose points this week. And you should never be thinking about which defense is going to get me zero. So I don't lose. So for us, we've tried to mitigate the lost points. We believe We've lowered what the bonuses are for a good defense, and we've made it to where your defense really has to suck to start seeing those negative points come off. Because otherwise, you're talking about you could have a 50, 60 point swing from a team that that gives up 10 points to a team that gives up 50 or 60, and you just can't have that because the scoring is so wildly different. And especially with with unending overtimes, you know, you play until you win. So you, even if it's going to safeties and, and, and two-point plays and things like that, um, you could have a 74-72 game, and it's, it's a commonplace thing. Um, I don't know if, 
for yeah, you, I'll Matt, kind of along these lines. So we haven't played with this setting, but I know you can adjust scoring um, based on the opponent, whether they're FCS or FBS. Um, what do you think about that in terms of options that are available on Fantrax? I, I definitely think that that is something that we could consider. I think that that... I love the fact that that option is there. I do think that that's something that would need to really be looked at because would that create undue problems for say a team like in our league, we have limited movement. You can't just go out there and pick up and, and drop players at will. So what if you're somebody that's got the Alabama defense and you have them or an sec defense because they're basically playing a high school team in week 12 and that's going to be the college championship week. Um, if we drop those points for FC for playing against a lower division, that might change you even wanting to have the Alabama defense the whole season. So that's something we probably need to look into to see yeah. if that's something we wanna we wanna explore. But um, I don't know if that's something you'd want to just say right off the bat, cut them in half because you could create more problems than um, than you're solving. But I do think it's good to have that option out there as a consideration. Yep. Yep. All right, uh, last question, and uh, Doug, I'm going to direct this one to you to start. Brett P. says, how much do you factor in injuries to players when drafting if you haven't drafted yet? So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I think the main answer to this question is what type of league you're in. Um, if you're in a dynasty league, maybe the injury doesn't matter so much. If you're in a you know, a redraft league and the guy's out three or four weeks, you may move him down a lot um, because you're going to want as many points as possible from that player or that position. Um, but if it's a week or two, I don't think it affects how we rank them very much, honestly. If it's only week one or week two or whatever, I, I don't – and I – Brian, you can tell me if you agree or not. I don't think we change them based off if they're just injured for the starting, right. the starting game or whatever. But I think it really depends on what kind of fantasy league you're in. So, yeah, uh, that that's the biggest, biggest thing. So if, if you assume uh, in a, you know, let's say it's a Devi league or a dynasty league or whatever, where you're going to hold on to people for a while, it doesn't really affect me. In fact, I will use injuries injuries to, to help your draft, allow me to pick someone later based mm -hmm. on their talent. So, you know, maybe this time last year, uh, that would have been a negative for me because um, if you're thinking, oh, Trevante Citizen, oh, he just got hurt, he's out for the year, a lot of people are going to cross him off. Maybe he's someone I can get great value and get him late. Um, or... Though, if you're just thinking about a redraft league, yeah, yeah, it does, definitely shies mm -hmm. me away from from people and will will diminish their rankings. Um, but you know, if you're like fresh news, oh, this guy's got an undisclosed injury, uh, it's probably gonna make me shy away. Typically, there's rumors and things that come out. And you, if you're if you're relying on rumors. Uh, that's rough. I, I tend to lean to a, the more conservative approach. There's enough people out there where unless I love, love the guy, I'll take someone else, someone who's more of a, a, a known win, even though he might be a little bit lesser of a talent. 
yeah, I have nothing extra to add to that. I agree with you guys. The type of league is going to make them be a lot, a, a lot more, the shorter the league, the more that, that pre-draft injury is going to, uh, is going to be important. As we wrap up the show here, Matt, I do have one thing that um, I'm going to need you and Doug and myself to prepare when we get into the prediction show. Okay. Um, we're going to each have our own All-American team, fantasy team. I don't know if we need to do first, second, third team, probably just first team's fine. The All-Fade team. So who okay. are players that you're just leaving off the board or you think they're they're going to have a worse year, whatever, worse than their ADP. And then we'll go through the awards, the Heisman, et cetera, and then pick our, our playoffs and division winner, conference winner. So we're going to do that one Do that one in two weeks? Yeah, that's we have the open. last show right before the league to give us enough time to kind of uh, get all the information we can and make some educated picks. All right, everybody. That's the uh, that's the show for today. Next week, we're gonna have the uh, we're gonna be talking about the open the CFB Dynasty Open League. Twenty four teams. We have two open spots right now. The draft is gonna start while we are on the podcast next week. It's gonna be a super fun show. We'll still go over news and notes. We'll still go over the questions from the Discord. Uh, make sure you get those questions up there for us. And uh, we can't wait to get this open started. Uh, make sure you get your questions up there for us. Make sure you're up on TikTok. Instagram, um, everywhere, CFB Dynasty or CFB Dynasty underscore. Make sure you're on Discord that way. Make sure you go to CFBDynasty.com and subscribe so that that way you can have a leg up. You do your draft and you can have a leg up throughout the season to uh, be able to hopefully win that league. All right, Doug, BMAC, anything else you want to say real quick before we get on out of here? No, man, All good. I'm 10 good. days away. <clears throat> All right, let's do it for Doug Gravely. And Brian McElfresh, my name is Matt Knowles. This has been the CFBDynasty.com podcast. See ya.